This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello and welcome to the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jackie Franchuli for Wahoo's 24-7. And we have a recruiting pack show today, which means we bring our favorite guest to the show, Brian Doan, 24-7 Sports National Recruiting Analyst. Brian, thanks you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, I'm sure it'll be a nice little break from the World Cup. Just for a, a few hours, you know, we've got a big game today, so we're not going to keep you long because we've got to prepare for that. It is an important game, I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's get started because we have not had you on the show since 24-7 updated the recruiting rankings, and Cam Robinson is now... Now, a four-star prospect, obviously committed to Virginia over the summer, choosing Virginia over in-state rival Virginia Tech. And you pushed for that fourth star. He is a very talented linebacker, a very versatile athlete. What stands out about his game? Yeah, there's a ton that stands out. Um, first of all, just the overall athleticism and the way he moves at that size. And, you know, what, one of the things you see trending the last few years in the way – we do rankings and probably a lot of people do rankings is, you know, you, you look at the NFL model and that's, that's kind of what we're judged on anyway is, you know, how many five stars, four stars, three stars were drafted in the NFL. And so for me, you know, it, it's the, the athletic profile, his production on the field. Um, you know, you and I spoke before this, he's a, he's a big time hitter you look at what he does on the basketball court and just his explosion there and his body control. And then even, you know, he, he dabbles in track and field and as a junior, you know, long jumped more than 21 feet, which is pretty impressive for a kid that is not putting a ton of time into it. Now, granted he plays um, at the one a level. So he's always going to be, the top athlete on the field, unless maybe they're playing Cam Selden school, then it's a toss up, you know, take your pick on who you want as the top athlete. But he, he, he shows exactly what you want a kid at that level to do on the field in, in terms of production. He flashes all over the place. Um, he's tough. He, he's sound fundamentally. It, it's just, there's so many things that you group together with it. He is the, only linebacker commit currently on this Virginia class. They are still looking to add at least one more. And one of those guys that they're recruiting is Christian Allegra from Connecticut. 
You wrote a story on Monday night saying that he has set up an official visit to Virginia. Where does things stand with him as far as his recruitment and what kind of he brings to the table? Yeah, he has not done a whole bunch in terms of recruiting just because of the nature of how things went for him. So right now it's Virginia, Wake Forest, and Minnesota are the ones to keep an eye on. He had an official visit set with the former Wisconsin staff. We'll see if that still holds true. Now, he's still learning a lot about the process and the schools, and he really has to dive deep. I was with him at his school, I think, the day he was offered by Virginia or the day after he was offered. And he acknowledged at that time, look, I, I don't know much about it. Um, his dad had told him some stuff. He, he's a the, the quick background is he's a former lacrosse commit to the Naval Academy. He was at Darien High School um, in Connecticut, which is you know, just outside of New York City. He decided, hey, I want to play football. He had played football at Darien. He took a post-grad year at Avon Old Farms, which is up west of Hartford, Connecticut. And he didn't get his first offer until late July when he visited Minnesota. And then he went to Rutgers a few days later and camped there and got an offer. And so he has not been out and about on the recruiting scene because Avon plays on Saturdays. So once Labor Day hit, he's either in camp at practice or he's playing games on Saturdays. And so he, there was not much of a chance for him to get out. So it's kind of, you know, what I've read somewhere today where people call this time of year speed dating when recruits are really starting to get involved heavily um, with new offers and such. And, and that's how it is with him. He, he's going to go to wake and we'll see what he knows. You know, he'll, he'll leave with a much better understanding of wake. And then, you know, he'll either go to Wisconsin midweek next week and then go to Virginia or just go to Virginia after that. And then Minnesota. And so when you talk about wake and Virginia, th those schools, he, he doesn't know much about other than what he's seen online and talking to the coaches. So this will be a chance for him to explore every aspect of Virginia. And so right now, I, I think Minnesota has a slight edge. We'll see if it continues that way. But that said, knowing that of these visits he's going to make, Minnesota is the only campus he's been on. And I think um, it gives a chance for Wake and UVA to make really big impacts with him, especially look, he's at Avon Old Farms, which is a big time boarding school academics will play a role in some regard. Minnesota's a good academic school. Wake's a good academic school. Um, I'm not sure to, to the level of Virginia, but um, I, I think they're high enough to where it will turn into more of a football decision. And, you know, you mentioned visits, and that's going to be key for Virginia. We talked extensively about how Virginia needed to get these guys on grounds, and they'll have a few of their targets coming back on grounds. Most notable these, this weekend is a few official visitors, a few from the region that you cover, Brian, including wide receivers uh, Titus Ivey um, and then wide receiver athletes Darren Harrison. They're recruiting Sidarian as an athlete, but they see him more in that role of the slot and possibly a returner. So when you look at those two guys, those two kind of blossomed or I guess were found a little bit in the fall. Virginia started their relationship with Sedarian in the spring. Titus kind of came on the scene a little bit late in the game. Uh, he also got some interest from Wake Forest. What have you kind of learned from both of these, uh, both of these guys? Yeah, I think, 
I think first and foremost, we're UVA fans, Carriers. I, I think UVA is the team to beat for him now. Titus doesn't have a ton of other stuff going on, and I am scheduled to speak with his coach later in the week um, just to check in, see what's going on, just in terms of where things are with Titus. Could he make a decision this weekend? Jackie, you and I have spoke about it before. Um, <laughs> there's some feeling he may have already made a decision and now kind of just getting to campus and you know, we'll see what, what happens this weekend. But listen, he, he's a he's a big kid with, you know, he has size where he can be a red zone threat. Um, UVA wants some bigger receivers, and, and he fits that mark. And so this is a chance this weekend for him to just go in and learn a lot more about UVA. Because like you mentioned, it it's been – more of a learning process for him just in the fall with which you know when the Cavaliers started really moving on him heavily and so rather than him just rushing into something I give him credit for for taking another look at it but I, I still like where they sit and then with Sedarian out of South Carolina he, he's, he's going to be at UVA he also has a Vandy visit he visited um, Louisville already He's also a baseball player, and there's some talk about doing both sports. Um, I, I think for them, you know, UVA gets them this week, and they're going to have to really impress him before he goes down to Vandy and gets a look at that campus and in very different places, right? So Vandy's in Nashville, has a city feel to it. Um, you know, you're in a bigger city. UVA is different, but they're both going to stress academics and they're both going to stress program building and what uva is going to have to counter from the vanderbilt aspect is vanderbilt had a couple of nice sec wins and so they're going to be and, and clark lee has been there you know longer than tony elliott has been at virginia and i think they're both going to have to give their pitches on why he would make an impact with that program again academically you can go on either side of it you know, either school and not make a bad decision between Vandy and UVA. And so we'll we'll see. I, I think it's really important that he hangs around the players. He gets to know the coaches more and he gets to know the vibe and just feel comfortable with the direction of the program. Yeah, it's going to be a, a big couple of weeks for Virginia. They're hosting several visitors, including a couple of kids are committed to other schools, including a defensive lineman out of Florida, Jason Hammond. So it's a, a lot to watch there. But Brian, I think everyone is expecting chaos as soon as December 5th comes about <laughs> when the transfer portal opens. I have a mental image of the Black Friday crowd that going into Best Buy with that one small yeah. door and everybody trying to go into it. That's my image. And this is going to be insane. I feel like every year when it comes to college football, it's a new thing. Whereas, no, we were dealing with the transfer portal for the first time. Now we're dealing with transfer windows as far as the transfer portal for the first time. How chaotic is going to be, would you think? And how much of a learning curve for everybody is this going to be? Because, again, you, coaches are recruiting their locker rooms. Coaches have to have official visits. They're on the road. But they're also trying to figure out who's in the portal and how to reach out. And if you're not back recruiting, you're not recruiting. <laughs> No, that's that's exactly it. It's it's hey, you know, not not who's in the portal, who's going in the portal, and it is it is such a 
Well, we'll we'll do the G-rated version. It is a mess. It is an absolute mess. And the NCAA, the conferences, the coaches should all be embarrassed by it because it, it's – I wasn't alive during the wild, wild west, which I'm sure, you know, at some point there's it, it, craziness and everything, but it's, there's like no rules. There, there's no rules. Anything can happen at any time. And the thing that, that bothers me probably the most is you have so many kids that are going to go into this portal and never play football again. And how many of them are not going to get degrees and, and how much that could hurt later in life. And nobody cares, right? Nobody cares. They can say they do, but you see what the system is and it's an absolute mess. And you have the players going in and some people, you know, some players that go in, they already know where they're going. A lot will go in, don't know where they're going, don't know what to expect, but are going in because people in their inner circle are telling them they're getting screwed at their current place. I, I don't, as a college coach, I don't know how you really deal with it knowing that at any minute, any kid on your team can walk into your office and say, by the way, I just put my name in a transfer portal and, and you have no recourse for it. So you have to recruit everybody everywhere. It's, it's why when a kid goes in the portal and I hit up the kid or his former coach or his parent or whatever, I'll be like, who reached out? And there'll be 15 schools that reach out in the first half hour just because they have to have something, you know, some basis in case something goes off the walls in their program. It, it is such a mess and it's created such chaos that it makes that Black Friday cloud, you know, when you when you look at it and you see everything moving around, it, it makes it look like it's structured. I mean, this is just, this transfer portal is madness. Yeah, actually, just to point out how crazy it is, uh, if you're a Wahoo's 24-7 subscriber, we put out a list of about 25 names that are currently in the transfer portal that we, we've heard that Virginia is either evaluating or interested or who has already made contact since their FCS schools are allowed to already have their players in the transfer portal and there are a lot of Ivy schools, a lot of grant transfer opportunities there. But then also, you know, guys that they'll be able to contact officially starting December 5th, like quarterback Jeff Sims. And it's crazy how many players they're evaluating or contacting because right now you have players that are on Virginia's rosters making decisions. Some of them have not made their final decision. So the coaches are like, well, if this person go goes, we need to fill that role. But then if he doesn't go, we don't need that role, but then we need this one. So it's, it's really hard to really plan a consistent depth. So it, it really kind of goes i think it's i'm a firm believer now that you can't live or die from the transfer portal especially if you're a school and program like virginia you have to really work hard on having a developmental program and not rely on this band-aid approach um so you got to build it through the high school because and then recruit your locker room because if you're in a spree you're not you're gonna lose a lot of times in a transfer portal if you rely on so much. you are and and i think jackie you make a good point in terms of building program you know building and developing um and now what you're seeing are, are coaches saying well hey we need x million dollars to keep our roster intact because you know th this thing is so convoluted that there's really no rules against a school contacting 
a high school coach and saying, and the high school coach saying, Hey, you know, player X is thinking of transferring. Would you have a spot for him? And the college coach can simply say, well, I can't talk about other players and other programs, but we'd certainly have a spot at, at position Y for, for a player that we're looking to add to the portal. And, and it's pretty well known how it, how it works out. It, it's just, you know, you, you look at what's going to happen with some of the group of five schools and, you know, I, I'm based in New Jersey, so I see Temple all the time. And I feel like Temple gets decimated every year by the portal with kids going elsewhere. And that's fine. I mean, I, I understand all that. But if you're a program trying to survive and building your roster through the transfer portal, look at the hit rate on transfers for the most part. I, I bet you on a good year, it's 50% of the – when you talk about Power 5 programs, when you bring in a transfer – the hit rate's probably 50%. So you, you just better develop them. And in this day and age, developing is not enough. You better be able to go out and also make sure they have NIL money once they do well in your program. Oh, those NIL collectives are uh, definitely important when you look at uh, recruiting. I don't think I don't think you blame NIL for any recruiting deficiencies. I think that's a scapegoat, in my opinion, if you just blame NIL. But uh, it is definitely a factor in recruiting. That is for sure. Now it is. And, and again, you, you go back to the NCAA and everybody wanted NIL. And this is not the way people and coaches spoke about NIL mm -hmm. when they wanted it, right? It was, it was, hey, Bryce Young's a great talent at Alabama. He should be able to capitalize off that because he's a great talent at Alabama. So what do coaches do? They always look for loopholes. They always look for ways to, <laughs> you know, I don't want to say it's not cheap. They, they always look for a way maybe around things. And so what did it turn into? It turned into recruiting. You're going to help get these recruits NIL deals. And that's mm -hmm. not what NIL was intended to do. And I'm not saying recruits shouldn't get it or should get it. I'm just saying that's not what is intended to do. And again, you have, listen, you can talk all you want about the NCAA, but if coaches and conferences got together and said, hey, this is how we're going to do it, that's how it will get done. But again, it, it, there's no governance. And so as coaches at UVA, you're trying to compete with kids where, you know, maybe you, for I should say compete for kids where maybe there's other NIL options at other places that have bigger collectives. It's it's just I, I think it'll get sorted out in a few years, especially when kids are getting you know six figure NILs and what what's going to happen if they don't work out. I mean, we're already seeing that, it. Yeah. So so do they get their money and and all that stuff? But it's I would. There's a reason so many college coaches are looking to get to the NFL because they just don't want to do this. And I'm not talking about head coaches. I'm talking about position coaches who are willing to go be, um, you know, assistant, assistant, assistant coaches at the NFL. You know, if you're, if you're an O-line coach in college, maybe you'll go be an assistant O-line coach in the NFL. They just don't want to deal with it all. It's definitely a lot on, on coaches' plates. Um, we actually had a, a daughter of one of the UVA assistants on the show, and she talked about the mental health of, college football coaches in this day and age of college football recruiting where it's nonstop 
and you have so many other factors that just wasn't around maybe just even five years ago. So there's certainly more involved in recruiting. Um, and it's definitely something where Tony Elliott and his staff uh, need to adapt to uh, as they move forward here. But uh, Brian, I know you have to get going because you need to mentally prepare yourself for a World Cup match that is coming up in just a few hours here. You have to go get your U.S. jersey on, probably. Well, I, I'll say this, Jackie. I mean, and, you know, win or lose, what, you know, I, obviously I hope they win and everything. But I waited eight years for this. And so I just enjoyed kind of the build up and, and all that other stuff. And, you know, knowing that the next time they'll play a meaningful World Cup, they won't. I mean, there's no qualifiers because the next World Cup's in the U.S., Mexico and Canada. That's right. So, I mean, you don't, you know, I, I, we'll get the Gold Cup, we'll get the Nations League. And I'd, I mean, listen, if, if the U.S. men's team was playing like on a basketball court against a pickup team, I'd probably go watch it. But uh you know, you kind of enjoy these moments. This could, I mean, it could be out or they could move on, but just kind of sit and enjoy it. I don't, I don't, you know, once it's over, it's over, but just sit and enjoy it. Yeah. The world cup in my family is very different, Brian. There's not in just sit and enjoy it there. You, we, we can't sit and enjoy it. Um, my mom <laughs> has my, my mom, I will tell you, she was blowing up my phone because, is Argentina lost. And if uh, for listeners, she's from Brazil. So she obviously is excited when Brazil wins. She she always calls me. She doesn't watch sports whatsoever any time of the year. She doesn't, doesn't understand college football. She doesn't talk to me about anything that I do. She doesn't even understand what I do. But Brazil's playing. She will call me and talk about how Brazil's playing. And she'll tell me about the formations and everything. She, she's really good about watching the game. She understands it. But when Argentina lost... If I felt like my mom, it felt like Brazil won the World Cup already to her. She was like, did you see about Argentina? Did you see? Like, I woke up and I had like 10 texts. Uh, she, was, she was going and she's like, I've talked to your father, but you know, he's Italian. So he's not very good right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he, I mean, you know, what, what, did he like adopt uh, the country? So, uh, See, my, my I, dad, my, my dad has actually adopted the U.S. My, in our household, we have three countries that we root for, which is uh, Brazil, U.S., and Italy, since I was born in the U.S., so we have those three countries. The next right. country down is Portugal, is the other country that we would root for, just right. because uh, my grandfather's from Portugal. Uh, so that those are the countries we usually adopt. Uh, but my mom, my mom has been, and I still remember, my first memory of the World Cup was 1994. Obviously, Brazil and Italy were in the... Uh, final. So I still remember we were in a, a Brazilian steakhouse, our whole family, and my mom went up to my dad's face <laughs> and just let him have it. I mean, oh. and she tells me I'm competitive, and I'm like, Mom, uh, I, I think there's a whole nother level every four years. Um, uh, but yeah, she let my dad have it, and that, that's where I've got my competitive. Everyone thinks my dad since he works in sports and he's a soccer agent yeah. but no nah, i get it from my mom she's <laughs> she's intense so uh, well I, I was gonna oof. say um the, for, for people that may not have the grasp argentina brazil it's kind of like if you're a uva fan yes you want uva to win but boy it's great when tech loses right <laughs> it's kind of yes it's kind of yeah. the, the same that's kind of the same vibe but well i can only imagine your mom must have like a picture of Roberto Baggio on like the mantle <laughs> just him kicking the ball over the <laughs> over the cross oh yeah yeah 
<laughs> oh no, yeah, she uh, she definitely she has a, the the couple of um, memorabilia from the nineteen ninety four World Cup. So she she has the a, a signed jersey actually from the team. So she has it in her in her office. So and uh, wow. so sometimes she'll just she'll just tell my dad she's like, "This is what happens when good teams. This is a good team. This was before Italy won their last World Cup. So Brazil had the upper hand there." So my mom just kept saying, see, Brazil is better. Brazil is always better than Italy. It's okay. <laughs> oh, so I, I, don't well, enter, I, don't, I, I don't enter this conversation. You know, obviously I can't. I, I can't say, well, you know, I could go women's soccer. Definitely. I can go in there yeah. for like USA women's soccer. But I don't enter that conversation when it comes to the men's. But Brian, I'll let you go. Yeah, um, no, that's good. You know I could talk that stuff all day. Yeah, you know, me too. But we're, I'm going to let you go because we're actually going to uh, take a break here and then we're going to come back and I'm going to talk a few transfer portal targets for Virginia football because they've been pretty busy. So after the break, we'll break down a few targets that you should know. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And welcome back to the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jackie Franchilli for Wahoo's 24-7. And before the break, and before we kind of got a little off track, me and Brian, as we talked about soccer a little bit in World Cup, we were talking about Virginia football recruiting. And we are talking about some high school prospects that they are recruiting and visiting. But we also touched on the transfer portal because that's something that we need to keep monitoring. We just reported on while it was 24-7, that Virginia had his first player enter the transfer portal, and that was long stapper Lee Dudley. Um, he didn't see time uh, this season, but he is a known name in Virginia. So he's entered the transfer portal. So we are monitoring who from Virginia is entered the transfer portal, but we're also monitoring who the Virginia staff is looking at to possibly add to the roster because we're going to expect some attrition. We're also going to expect some addition because Virginia, when you look at Virginia's rosters, you're not going to have Keaton Thompson anymore, Anthony Johnson anymore, Billy Kemp. You're also not going to have Cam Butler and Devontae Davis. Those at the top of my head are some of the guys that will not be available anymore for Virginia. So what we've seen so far in the portal is Virginia is heavily recruiting the quarterback position. Brendan Armstrong does have one more year of eligibility, but all signs are pointing to that Virginia will be looking at the portal. They've already contacted or are currently in the process or evaluating any quarterback target that they are interested in. One of those names I mentioned was quarterback Jeff Sims. They can't officially contact him because he's just announced his intentions to the transfer portal, but the process has started on Virginia's end to kind of look at Jeff Sims as a prime target in the portal, according to several sources. Now, other guys that to watch in is there's other several quarterbacks that are in the transfer portal that are going to get your attention, like Michigan quarterback, Cac McNamara, and also Ole Miss quarterback, Luke Onmeyer. So those are guys to watch out. Now, if you go on Wilds 24-7, I made a complete list of everyone who's involved. You're going to see a lot of Ivy schools, Harvard, Yale, UPenn. Those are the guys that will fit what Virginia needs because I can tell you names. 
You can tell me names of who you want. This is a problem. Virginia has an admissions requirement that is harder for transfers to get in Virginia. So when you look at these football targets, and this is what the staff is doing as well during this process. When you're looking at targets, they start this process of evaluation. They also have to see the process academically. Because what Virginia has to do is to see, can these guys get into Virginia? But can they get into, if they're a grant transfer, can they get into a graduate program? Because Virginia football doesn't have that decision. They have to rely on a grad school. So if they have to go to a law school, can they balance law school with being a football player? And that's something that the graduate school has to decide. So that is something that that's, that's a lot of challenges Virginia has. That's why I always hesitate when people say, well, Virginia just has to live in the transfer portal. Because it doesn't work for Virginia, because you're not going to get the talent consistently because you don't you have that challenge of admissions. So generally, when you look at who Virginia is going to target, a lot of times it's going to be grad transfers. Or a lot of times it's going to be much of the younger guys going in because they have more time to work on getting the eligibility status by having more time to get the credits that they have necessary. So, so we've talked about a few of the quarterback targets and I have, you know, they're recruiting wide receivers. They're recruiting offensive linemen. Obviously they've uh, recruited, they're recruiting a tight end. They're trying to get some playable depth. That is key. And you've heard Virginia head coach, Tony Elliott say it. They need experience playable depth. They didn't have that in several positions. And the margin of error last year or this past season was very small. When you have injuries, when you have tiredness, that margin of error gets even smaller if you do not have playable depth. So that's what they're working on. A few names that have been publicly mentioned via my linebacker, Snow Snyder. He's a, he's a guy to keep an eye on for Virginia, but he's getting interest from several schools. I've had two sources tell me that, yes, Virginia has shown interest, but Virginia is going to have its handful keeping him in state because a lot of schools have been calling around about Snow Snyder. He's seen interest from both in-state schools, Virginia and Virginia Tech, but other schools are going to start recruiting him, and that's going to be hard to keep him in-state. But that is one to watch as well. Now, in addition to that, we've also reported on Tywin Francis. If you were a Wahoo's 24-7 subscriber, you would have known about him on October 13th during our Cavs Confidential. He was one of the first names that Virginia went in the portal. He got in there early. And Virginia, after a week or two, made contact with him. Then he set up, you know, a time to talk. He was offered by Tony Elliott. And now he's taking an official visit. He's expected to visit, he told me, in December. Uh, he was firming up the logistics, but it looked like he was uh, pretty certain on that date will be in December. So those are some names to keep an eye on. Um, we talked about Lee Dudley entering the transfer portal. We also talked about a possible long snapper that Virginia is looking at in a transfer portal, Marco Ortiz from Florida, who is also a Richmond native. So again, UVA is being very active in the transfer portal. Do I think Virginia is going to lose guys to the transfer portal? Yes. Do I expect a lot? Who knows? Right now, it's very fluid. When I tell you it's very fluid, it's because these decisions have a lot of emotion behind them. If you had a word to ask me before the pit game, if there was going to be a lot of players into this transfer portal, I probably would have said yes. Now I wouldn't say a lot, but I would say a few guys were, were thinking about the portal back then. Now, I'm not so sure. There are a few guys that will be making their decisions relatively soon. I think there's a couple of them that will be announcing their decision to stay 
relatively soon. And I think some of them will be announcing their decisions to leave by December 5th. But I do know a few of them have made their decision to stay and they will make those decisions when they feel it is right. So we'll be waiting for them to make those decisions um, as they move forward. So, but again, transfer portal, it's going to be chaotic. December 5th, first day where officially non-grad transfers, so in fifth years and stuff like that, or guys that are not going through a coaching search, non-FCS players, all those guys can officially enter the portal on December 5th. And it's going to be interesting how this works. Because like I told Brian, if you're not back-channeling recruiting, you're honestly already lost a few of these guys. It's a, it's a crazy time to be in college football. So I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, moving forward, I'm going to hope to do a show twice a week. It's still, still kind of up in the air on what days we're going to work with. I'm sticking with Tuesday for right now as either we'll do a basketball show or recruiting show because early signing day is coming in so close. My hope is to do one basketball show and one recruiting show because every week I want to update you on the latest visitors that have taken on grounds because we're expecting visitors every weekend moving forward here until the dead period. And obviously Virginia coaches are going to be on the road as well, taking in-home visits. So we're probably going to do a weekly recruiting visit, recruiting show, and then I'll come in and do a basketball show whenever I have time. Obviously, you have an exam break next week after they face Michigan on Tuesday and Florida State on Saturday. So that could be um, a possible time where we just focus on recruiting. So again, we'll be back here on Tuesday for sure next week, but everything else is up in the air as we try to figure out the best way to cover both basketball and football recruiting and football transfer portal. This is the first time we are really experiencing a transfer window transfer portal. So it'll be interesting to see how much that affects uh, Virginia football as that kind of tends to move in a quicker pace. So again, I thank you so much for joining us on the show. If you like what you're hearing, you can, you can listen to our show wherever you listen to your podcast. Obviously our videos are uploaded onto YouTube as well. And if you want to stay in the loop, with everything that's going on into transfer portal, as well as in recruiting, you can head over to Wahoo's 24-7, um, become a VIP subscriber. We have a lot of information up there, so you can keep tabs on who's what, where, what's going on, um, as far as all the names to know as well. So thanks again for all of you, and I hope you guys have a good rest to your day and a good rest to your week.